I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear press conference audio from head coach Ryan Day, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, and wide receiver coach, and I believe it's passing game coordinator, Brian Hartline, from their afternoon interview sessions on Tuesday, November 1st. The trio talks about Ohio State's victory over Penn State last Saturday. They look at what has gone well and what has not gone well for the Buckeyes so far this season and what they need to improve upon over these next three games before the game and then the postseason. Now, before we get into that audio, if you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from LandGrantHolyLand.com. We are giving you two podcast episodes nearly every single day during the college football season, and now that basketball is starting as well, we will have men's and women's basketball content in this feed too. So, now that we've got all of that out of the way, here's Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. Then, after a short break, you'll hear from both Jim Knowles and Brian Hartline. Hi, Ryan. I know you said after the game you weren't sure about the severity of Mayan's injury. How much can you tell us about that? Is it serious long-term? Um, so... I think what we got to do is is stick to the policy with the injuries. <laughs> We've kind of gotten loose with that, and uh, that's that's my fault. I think we got to go back to the availability report. You know that we um, you know, we kind of built our policy last year, and and so it's because um, once I start going down the road with one person, then it goes to somebody else, and I just think that it's the right thing to do to protect the players. Um, that being said, um, you know, on that was a very strange thing that happened. He was over by the sideline, and. Um, when he got to the sideline, uh, the chains crew didn't drop the, the chains. So his his hand and his arm got caught up in the the, the chain marker. 
Um, and you know, he got banged up. And so, um, you know, I don't really have an update on him because I, I feel like once I give an update on one, I got to give it on somebody else. But, um, but I guess the best thing I can say is it's not serious. Running backs. Um, how, obviously winning the game is the most important thing this week. How yeah. important is it to get chip and down some, some game reps this week if possible? Yeah. I want to get all those guys healthy. You know, I, I feel like, you know, it, when Mayan's been out, Trey's kind of been out and vice versa. And, and so, you know, we're looking for, a, um, you know, a full group in, in that unit because we're going to need these guys here down the stretch in November. So, um, you know, they've done some good things, but, you know, we're going to need them all. And to your point, it'd be really nice to get, you know, down and, and, and chip out in the field and get them some work as well. But, um, but they've been practicing well and they deserve to get on the field. Um, but I'm looking forward to having all those guys ready to roll for us. Follow up on that. Are they supposed to drop, drop the chains there? Is there something that didn't happen correctly? The chain gang. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, anytime, you know, somebody goes over there, you know, they're there they're to drop the chain. So, um, you know, and, and it put mine in a tough spot there. Yeah. Coach, the first playoff ranking comes out tonight. Uh, will you watch it? Um, do you think the Buckeyes should be in the top of this? Uh, I will not watch it. I'll be at practice, and if I'm not at practice, we'll be watching the film, uh, getting ready for Northwestern. Um, do I think we deserve to be in the top four? Absolutely. Um, do I think it, it matters all that much right now? No. Uh, what matters is beating Northwestern. How much during the course of the game, like Saturday, do you, as far as play calls, you always have to measure what you need to do in the game that you're in versus what you want to accomplish and be ready for potentially a bigger game in the season. Yeah, when you go to Penn State, the number one goal is to win the game. Uh, that's it, period. And um, very, um, you know, impressed with just how, how well we took care of the ball in that game. When you win the turnover battle 4-0 in a game like that, uh, your chances of win winning schematically go through the roof, and that's our plan to win. And when you're in those matchup games um, – you know, we, we focus on three things. One, play great defense. How do you play great defense? Um, you run the football and stop the run. Uh, two, uh, the turnover battle. And three is scoring touchdowns in a red zone. Four is special teams and winning the special teams battle. So um, there were some areas I thought we did a really good job of. Some other ones that we got to clean up. But, um, but no, I mean, when you take care of the ball the way we did and then turned it on in the fourth quarter, I thought that was excellent. Uh, there's some things certainly we want to clean up and do better, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. Um, and we've got to do a better job of that. And um, you know, we know that if we want to get to where we need to go in terms of our goals, then we'll have to keep building on that. But, uh, but again, like you said, I think you have to measure, you know, when you're in a game like that, you know, the amount of risk. You know, you can say, well, you know, throw it every down, and then the ball gets tipped, and all it takes is a couple turnovers, and as you can see, what happens. So, um, you know, when it's time to put the pedal to the metal like we did, I thought we did a great job of that. And um, and so we just keep growing and keep building. How do you balance doing what you guys do and doing it well versus making sure that well, I think um, when we were in the pistol, we were in the pistol five times, and um, four out of those five um, were efficient runs. So we were efficient 80% of the time in pistol runs. So I think the question probably is why don't we run the ball more in the pistol?
Which guys ran the ball pretty well in the second half, even taking away Trigger and Big Run. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mitch had a good run for the game. Was there something that changed in that second half compared to that first half? I just think, I think we, we, we um, got into the rhythm of the game. I think anytime you're um, in a game like that, there's, there's, a, there's a feeling of you want to wear the opponent down. And I think we got that going. And I think we got some tempo going. And, um, and I think you felt that a little bit in that game. You know, and I, I kind of felt that the week before, too, in the Iowa game. You know, it was, it was listen, these, these are good Big Ten defenses that make you work and challenge and stop the run. And, you know, we're not all of a sudden just going to go pass happy. We're not doing that. You know, we're going to be balanced. And, and when it's time to go, we go. Um, but, you know, when you're playing with a good defense, too, um, it, it, it's a different feel as well. You know, you're in these these matchup games. And, um, and no, I, I felt like, you know, in the fourth quarter there, if it kept going, we could have kept going too. You know, it would have been that way. And uh, when you look at the games against Penn State over the years, it's kind of played out that way. You know, where we really, um, you know, won the game in the fourth quarter. So uh, that was the recipe. That was what we talked about going into the game. Uh, we, we had a, an idea it would be just like that, and that's the way it turned out. It seems from the outside like your team has done a good job of taking that one-the-moment mentality and not taking anything for granted. So I know that what the answer is is really the next three weeks are not the toughest games on your schedule. And you know what's at the fourth week there. Mm-hmm. You have other distractions with playoff and all that stuff coming out now. Do you change at all? Are you going to discuss one week at a time more? How do you manage this stretch when you know it's not as significant necessarily as November 26th. Yeah, well, um, I think the first thing is that we've always said it's about us. So why does that change this week? It doesn't matter. Um, last week going into going into Penn State, it was about us. It was about our preparation. I think that's the first thing. So if that's the case, then let's just focus on us and getting better. Um, I think the second thing is, you know, you have to continue to do what you're doing and get better every week. If you don't, not only do you show weakness, but you set yourself up for problems down the road. And I think that when, um, you know, you have a problem or you lose a game, maybe it's something you did that week, but maybe it's something you did the weeks leading up to it. So for us, you know, our goals are still our goals. And and if we don't maximize every single minute of the day this week, then it doesn't matter. And um, and listen, you know, it's a Big Ten matchup. It's on the road. You know, Fitz does an unbelievable job. I know maybe they don't have the record that they want to, but we got to go play football and you know, we want to play at a high level. That's that's the goal here. So, it again, really shouldn't matter who we're playing against. And, and the competitive stamina is exactly what we talked about at the beginning of the season. And we'll continue to reiterate that this week. Say that it's, it's about us. How do you evaluate a Tuesday to tell you that no matter who you play on yeah. Saturday, that that's showing? I think it starts with energy. I think it starts with, um, you know, how guys are running. I think how guys are hitting the pad level. Um, the juice in practice, uh, and then I think it's the execution. So, I mean, if you if you look at the energy and you look at the execution, you know, at the end of the day, you can kind of check that box. I thought we had good practice last week, and that doesn't need to, that, that can't change this week. It doesn't matter. The focus has to be on us. So, we'll look at those two things. Ryan, why didn't you run the ball? <laughs> <laughs> Um, different question. That's okay. Yeah. Um, did you look and see any consistent reason for the play of games? Yeah the, the 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 crowd noise certainly was an issue. Um, in the red area, um, we were trying to check a couple plays, 
and um, and and because of all the communication issues right there, um, we could have done it a lot faster. Uh, one of them early in the game, I checked the play, um, and I shouldn't have done that early. It was loud, it was crazy, so that's on me. Um, on the 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 false starts down there, uh, which seemed to be more of the issue than it was the the delay game. Um, what was happening was, you know, we were tapping the center once we were ready, and and then Luke would give the indicator, and then we'd snap the ball. Well, on both of those plays, the nose guard jumped off sides. Well, Cade Stover's looking down at the ball to see when to, when he's going to, you know, go block the, def- the the linebacker who's blitzing off the edge in a zero pressure. So he's looking in at the ball, but he's got to go block this guy coming off the edge in a zero pressure in this type of environment. And both times when that guy jumped into the neutral zone, he jumped. Well, quite honestly, I, I thought that that's a penalty on the defense. But the rule says that only the guys that are directly across from the guy who jumped in the neutral zone have protection. So if they move, then it's a um, it's offsides. They're in the neutral zone. But if it's somebody that's not lined up adjacent to that guy, it's a false start on the offense. So you can see how that's difficult on Cade. And I don't know. I do not blame Cade. That's kind of a unique situation, um, especially when he's off the ball. You know, because we put him in the hip position there. So he's trying to look around, I think, Paris or Dewan looking in at the ball in that environment, trying to block this guy over here. And then the guy jumps and he flinches just a little bit. And and that's what happened there. So these are the type of things that when you're on the road happen. You know, people say, well, it's a tough environment to play. That's just one example of things that come up. And that's what happened. Ryan, two weeks now you've had the same sort of cornerback rotation with Cam out. How have you felt like that's maybe taken a step forward? Obviously, Iowa didn't throw the ball a ton. Penn State much more. How have you liked what you've gotten there? Yeah, I, I thought uh, Penn State um, you know, played well receiver, and they made some good plays. But I, I thought we were there again, and I thought that uh, the, the, the corner play was better. Um, certainly some things that we want to get better at, but – uh, looking forward to getting Cam back, but at the same time, good to see Jordan Hancock get back in there. Good to see J.K. getting more reps under his belt. Good to see Denzel getting into a little bit of a rhythm. Um, there's certain things that we got to get better at, but they're getting, starting to get to play more and more. And that was really the first full game we played on defense. Uh, even the Notre Dame game, I think, was under 50 plays. So um, great to see all those guys get a bunch of reps. And the more they play, the better they're going to be. Just passing yards, receiving yards, the baseball yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody has a different uh, grading system on how they grade their players, but we also don't want to give up yards. So, yeah, I mean, that's something we look at too. I mean, we're proud in, in what we do. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're there and um, a guy makes an amazing catch, you know, you get a minus. If you're there and you get beat by two steps and a guy drops it, you, know, you still get a minus. So you have to make the play, and um, so I think if that's what you mean, like in terms of yards or th- you know what's going on in the game, yeah, we still grade it according to what we see. It's fine. It seems like some of the more outside hitting runs were a bit more efficient at the start of the year. I mean, uh, Travion's big run came on a run that hit right up the middle on Saturday. Uh, is it something that defenses are doing different, or a difference in execution? What's what's made that difference? I think. Um, when you look at uh, each of them, they're a little bit different. Um, each style of team that we play has a different style up front. Um, there were certainly some runs that we could have blocked better. Uh, there were some runs that were blocked very well. So, um, 
you know, we just got to continue to work at it and, and swing at it and get more efficient at it. But, um, you know, there's nothing in there that's just glaring like, oh, my God, we can't run the ball outside or we can't block these guys or, um, you know, we can't read the hole. I mean, you know, it sounds kind of like loser talk, but it's true. It was kind of one guy in each play, but that, that's how it works in football. And so uh, we can clean it up, and we have to clean it up to get uh, more efficient early in the game um, because that's when it's at, at its hardest, especially the first first down. That's always the hardest. Once we get going, usually we do okay. Too many three and outs, and we could have done a better job early in the game. I thought we got some real good movement late in the game. Obviously, you guys brought a lot of success when you guys go tempo. Especially that last drop, since it's Marvin Gates and that kind of you guys score on that. But you can't do that every time, obviously. For the, what are you gauging when you want to go fast like that versus when you want to slow things down? Maybe well, I think it's a tool. And I think you've seen when we've kind of relied on that all the time, then we get into a situation where short yardage, red zone, different situations, we come up a little dry. Um, when we don't have that, then you can get a little stagnant. So having the ability to change tempos, get in and out of personnel, do those types of things are tools that you need to go win these games. And in that that moment, you know, you saw a lot of different things that that on offense we did. You know, we were spread out, we were throwing it, we got into big sets when we had to. You know, four minute goal line, um, we had a third down and one that we didn't convert. That you know, I've, I still haven't gotten over. But um, but you know, I think you're seeing a little bit of that diversity, and so. I think it's the most efficient when you use it as a tool and a change up, then it's something you do all the time. Ryan, uh, Tyleek Williams played you know, a bigger role on Saturday, made some big plays. Is there something you saw from him maybe in the week leading up to that that trusted you guys to play him in a bigger role? Yeah, well, we played 80 plays on defense, so anytime you play that many, you know, we're going to rotate anyways. Who's going to get reps? Um, but I thought his he's been practicing better. You, you've heard that come out of the defensive room. You've heard it from Larry now uh, that he's been practicing better. And and then the fourth down play that he had was excellent. The sack that he had, had was excellent. Uh, I think that uh, Larry did a nice job in that game of rotating those guys, especially when they were playing with a little bit of tempo, play four and five, wholesale change, four fresh bodies, sack. I mean, uh, I think that makes a huge difference when you can do that. Um, and uh, Tyleek is very talented, but I think he's really learning the game more and more every week. Um, but I, I think that whole room had a great day. But I, one thing I, I recognized uh, after the first third down catch to Marvin on the sideline, I think Tyleek was right there with Teron and those guys, and they were like pointing first down, and they were like up on the sideline. There was just a great energy on that sideline, and they, they were leading the way on it. And certainly you, know, you saw what those guys did, but it started with their attitude, and that makes a difference when you're on the road, when you're positive and you're leading. You're asking me to ask a little bit of a non football question. Just in November now, campus gets busy with election season and whatnot. And stuff. How often do you see your players, maybe nowadays, be politically aware of it, use their platform, and not sure how often NIL maybe plays a part in it? But uh, often do you see your players maybe get Um I, I think it happened more, um, you know, during the presidential election than it did, um, you know, in between. Uh, and I think maybe more in the off season than during the season. Um, but our guys are very educated and, and they have strong opinions. But I think the thing that's great about the game of football is you have guys in that room from all kinds of different backgrounds. You have guys from the islands. You have guys from different parts of the world, Australia, Germany, Seattle, um, you know, the West Coast, East Coast. Um, 
Texas, Florida. You had guys from the farm. You had guys from inner city. You had guys from country clubs all over the place. But they're all in that room together with all kinds of different backgrounds. But I think the thing that I've really learned to appreciate is they, they really do appreciate where other guys are coming from, um, whether it's political beliefs or just backgrounds in general. And um, they do share. And I think it's neat. I think that's what's special about the game of football. You mentioned things picking up the zero block pass. You did a double block with trading on touchdown, and he was rewarded with a touchdown. I know that's the goal of the tight end to do all three, but to see him do all three and do it well, even after a couple of missed screen blocks, what does that show about him and his season that he's had? Listen, uh, Cade it was unbelievable on Saturday, and, and you saw his play. I think he had 78 yards uh, catching um, at the touchdown, but his blocking on the touchdown, I mean, he took two guys, like you said, on the backside of that that zone play, uh, but it was his leadership on the sideline. I mean, he never wavered. He was right there. He's been like that all along. And, um, you know, for us to, to get that turnover with JT, come back, throw it to him, and then him break those tackles, you know, um, you know, it was, it was just kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, this all makes sense right now because he deserved that moment after all the hard work that he's been through. And he does a lot of the dirty work that tight ends do. Uh, he embraces that. But he has a lot of versatility, and it's making him more and more valuable every day. And he's become more and more of a weapon. You know, I thought he was a mismatch against a linebacker in that game. And I think CJ found that matchup several times. So, um, you know, he's blocking at a high level and running routes at a high level. And, he, and like you said, he can protect. So you can do those three things. Um, you know, any team in America is going to want you. Coach, I'm thinking back to the last three games that were tight for the fourth quarter. Obviously, Penn State, Notre Dame, and Utah. CJ's performances in the fourth quarter of those games, I mean, not only is he not turning the ball over, it's hard to throw him into the pass. Um, is there something about the way you watch him during the course of the game? Like, do you have a different look in his eye? How does he lock in for big moments when the, the spotlight's the brightest because he seems to perform? Every game is its own season, every game is its own story. And here, um, not every game's the same. You know what I mean by that is you know, there's games where you know our guys aren't playing in the fourth quarter. It's just the way it is. Um, not that we prepare for that, but that's just that happens that way. Uh, then there's games where we know it's going to be a four quarter battle all the way to the end, and you know we got to play that way. And I think for CJ, understanding um, that the number one thing is winning is something in the off season that he's embraced. And, and that doesn't mean throwing for X number of yards, although it happens naturally. He ended up throwing for 350-something yards. What was he, 26 to 33, and played unbelievable in the fourth quarter. But, but I, I mean, he took care of the football. And that's something that, you know, in some of these games, you know, it's like how important is taking care of the football. It is, it is huge. And he did that. But in the fourth quarter of those games, you know, when it was time to put the pedal to the metal and go get it, you know, he went and got it. And that's winning football. And I think you have to play your best football in the fourth quarter, and that's what you're mentioning right there. When Chip was first uh, revving just a little bit at running back in preseason, I think he used the term emergency to describe his role as a running back. Then. Obviously, he's been in that room now for a couple weeks. So where is he now in relation to if he needed a second running back? Where are he now? And what, just, what do you think you can get out of him as a running back? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a running back full-time as of now. And um, he's he's learned the offense, so you know he's he was ready to go in the game on Saturday if we needed him. 
Um, but I think, you know, even after one more week of preparation, he'll be more ready. So, you know, he and Dallin will be prepared to play in the game. I just want to ask you about two of the things you teams you've talked about almost every week. Competitive stamina. That means decided well after three hours have been played already, you know, the last thirty minutes that you're out there. Mm-hmm. A complimentary football, getting those turnovers and punching them in. Uh did that game reinforce kind of those two themes and just what you preached to your players, I guess? Yeah, and that's that's what winning football and, and games like that takes. Um, we can't lose focus on that because as we get into these these games in November, we're going to need all three phases. You know, it doesn't you know matter if you get X number of yards or hold them to X number of yards. What matters is that you win the game. And what does it take to win the game? And we talked about the plan to win, um, and, and that's our focus. But but yeah, the competitive stamina part of it is something that you know we can't take the pedal off the metal, and we got to roll. We got to get better every week, and we got to embrace every single week that way. Um, and every once in a while, you just got to remind our guys and remind everybody in the building what's at stake, and and what happens when you when you don't um, you know show up on Saturday. And these guys, I say it all the time, are still 18, 19, 20, 21 year old guys. Some of them are twenty two, I guess. Maybe, maybe there's a twenty three mixed in, but that's just the way you know we, we have to go, and you have to remind yourself every now and again because. This is the most competitive environment there is in the world. And every time you're on that field, they're trying to take you out, take what's yours. So you have to approach every day that way. And um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it. And then, like you said, the complimentary football, we need all three phases. Um, even in special teams this week, we asked some guys to play on special teams. Some guys who hadn't typically been on special teams did. And um, and so, you know, there wasn't anything specific that happened there, you know, that, that I guess won or lost the game. But – but overall, it was solid. You mentioned Denzel Clark getting into more rhythm. What are the things that are standing out to you that is going on? Well, I think the first thing is he's practicing consistently. Um, he's playing uh, every play at a high level. You know, you don't, um, you know, when you have an injury like that, it takes you out for, for a little while. You have to get yourself back into playing shape. And I think he's, he's doing that. And I think he's his feet are moving well. I think he's covering. I think he's, um, you know, now has, I guess, I guess for him probably six games or so um, under his belt playing in the system. So I think when you add all those things up, you're starting to see him get better and better. Hey coach, there's a lot of excitement and emotion from you for feeling that JT was the Big Ten Player of the Week yesterday. Can you talk about that moment and the camaraderie within this group? Yeah, that that just kind of happened organically. Um, we. We do our, our champions meeting every Sunday. We go through um, the things that we talk about that are important on offense, defense, and special teams on a Tuesday, which we'll be doing here at two thirty. Uh, we review that to see if those things get done. We go through the plan to win to see, you know, what we did in the plan to win, what we need to do better at, uh, and then we recognize those who are champions. And it's a big deal to grade out a champion. It's a huge deal. There's so much that goes in to getting on that field and grading over eighty percent to be a champion. And so. Uh, when we call out each guy, you know, everybody in that room is clapping. And if they're not, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. So there's a lot of energy in the room. Um, but when it got to JT as player of the game on defense, uh, that was the longest list I think we would ever had. So I took a deep breath. And uh, and then the guys, the guys really like it when there's a list of things that they've done in that game. And so, uh, yeah, we were just going through it and the guys were into it. And you could just feel it getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was just one of those things and the guys went nuts. And um, certainly, you know, one of the most – uh, historic games, I guess, in college football.
I guess that's not an exaggeration to say that because of what he did. So it deserved that type of excitement. Are you still hopeful JSN could play for you this season, including the postseason? Absolutely. Yes. If you if you can't go, given the productivity of what you have now, can you achieve your goals without him? I think we can. Um, but at the same time, we'd love to have him back, uh, as I'm sure you can imagine. But you know, this team is is working hard, and you know that's why we build depth. You just don't know, and I'm sure that there's more adversity coming our way. So. Um, you know, we're going to rely on our leadership, and um, we're in November now, so we just never know what's coming. And um, I think we've built up some hardness to us, and we've got to keep building on that as well. Right. Uh, you've talked to me a few times about how sometimes you have to separate result from process. And you said, you know, you ran a ball, you have to come out of pistol or five word efficient. Is it still good process to do anything 100% of the time, whether it's third or pass out of a given formation? If it's working, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you know, I think what you have to do is um, you always look to see, you know, why are you doing something? You know, when you're when you put the back in the offset, well, you give away everything. You can only really run so many things, right? Or it's, it's or the protection's going one way. So. Almost every defense is based on the offset of the back. The minute the back goes back there, everything's equal again. And, you know, they don't know if you're running right. They don't know if you're running left. Um, now, they can play a little more downhill. But then, um, as you can see in the Iowa game, we lined up back there. We got a huge touchdown play because probably because he was back there and they thought it was they thought it was a run. But um, now, if, if you're looking at the numbers and you say, well, every time you're in a certain formation, you're not getting anything out of it, yeah move on. Um, I think Trey does like being in the back a little deeper. I think that gives us something, and it, and it, and it forces defenses to play more honest. Uh, the, the, the runs hit a little harder downhill. Um, so we take all those types of things into consideration. I don't think the, the concern about that that maybe the fan base has is why do you get the pistol to that should make sense of everything you just explained. I think it's more why don't you – there was no play action pass in it. I know, but if you're four out of five efficient, then what's the problem? Well, if you were, I think, half of your plays under center were negative in four No, one of them was. From under center? Oh, no. from Well, the one from under center was very well blocked, and it was, it was a really clean play. So that's, that's not the reason why. It's because we line up in the pistol that teams are ganging up on one way or the other. So I don't, I don't quite understand any of that. The inefficiencies running the ball the last two weeks – how much of that you wouldn't attribute any of that to perhaps tipping your hand by formation? No, no, not at all. Ryan, when you're going on the road to a stadium where there is a shared tunnel, do you have? <laughs> I just say you got to go. Now I'm going to go down a bad road here. A few more weeks. Any concerns about that going in, and do you have any preparation to try to avoid any potential problems in the tunnel? Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to. I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We try to plan ahead to make sure there's no issues. Here, separate tunnels. Do you like this setup at Ohio Stadium? But you guys do sometimes, right? You got the cross on the field yeah. to the opposite tunnel. Do you have ever concerns or preparations for? Hey, let's make sure there's not anything in the crossover of the two teams. 
yeah, we, we try to do the best we can to make sure there's no problems. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's their thing. You don't want to get involved. I understand that. But, you know, it's not great for college football when you have stuff like that. Sometimes they're logistical things that the logistics can contribute to situations sometimes that you didn't build the stadium, but you have to deal with the results of it, right? I mean, it is something that must be on your – it crosses your mind at times to prepare for every contingency. Yes. I just don't want to go there. No, I see. No, yeah, there. Good questions, though. We know Northwestern had his trouble. They have a really good offensive tackle, and so do you. Specifically, we have Paris Johnson. Miss Johnson is really good for them. How well has Paris played for you? Well, I think he's getting better every week. I think that he started off moving from guard to tackle. Um, and uh, the more he plays, the more confidence he gets. Um, you know, I know he's, you know, all those guys want to get better in all areas. You know, the, the run, the protection, you know, as we start to get against better and better players, um, you know, the challenges become more and more. Uh, and then, you know, playing that way for four quarters. I thought that he played well in the fourth quarter. Looking back, I thought that the protection uh, was excellent, especially in the fourth quarter. That first drive that CJ hit Marvin on the big dig there, like at 15 to 18. I mean, he they had a lot of time right there, and that's a long time to hold blocks. And you know, Paris is a big part of that. So I think I think he's getting better. I, I, he's nowhere near where he wants to be, but um, the more game reps he plays, the more comfortable he's getting. Uh, I don't know. By the way, did you ever get caught in a Sumner tunnel on your way to Logan? What's that? Did you ever get caught in a Sumner tunnel on your way to Logan? Absolutely. Running late? Yeah. Yes, oh yeah. yeah. So you know the tunnel. Uh, is there a calm and a clarity and maybe even an enhanced accuracy with CJ, with the game on the line in these third and fourth quarters? It seemed like it was that case again on Saturday. I mean, there's something to call a play, but to throw throw strikes like he did on that, like third and ten, and and then the mecca. And I mean, what have you noticed about him that's that's special? And does it even hit you in the moment that this guy has stepped up a notch? You know, I don't know how else to say it other than you know, like you said, he's got that look and he's got a feel. Um, and in, in that moment, he had it in that game. Um, you know, I don't think. You know, he's done anything extraordinary, but that's something that I studied for a long time a few years ago. Is like, you know, when they say guys are, are, are playing clutch, they're not all of a sudden playing better than their, their best. They're just being, you know, you think about Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Reggie Jackson, you know, the, the whole Roy Hobbsmith and all that stuff. It was people all of a sudden just don't do superhuman things in those moments. What they do is they go back to their level of training. And I think that's what he's done. You know, he just sticks with his reads, he keeps it simple. But that moment doesn't get too much for him. You know, he's able to stay even keeled and he doesn't press. Um, but at the same time, he knows what's on the line. And, you know, I think he likes saying, hey, jump on my back. I got this. And and you feel that. You know, it's like in those moments, you just get out of the way and let him go play. It's like the second round started now. Let me ask one quickie. Kate Stover, when you were sitting there in June, here in June, did you see this coming? I mean. Well, um, this started back um, a couple years ago when we, we he and I both sat down and, and um, 
shared my thoughts on, on what I what I saw. Um, I don't know if he believed it or didn't believe it, but um, but then he jumped in with two feet, and we, we knew it was going to be a couple year investment. It's the same thing that G Scott's going through right now. Joe Royer's going through right now. All the tight ends, um, and then there was a point where he wanted to have more of an impact on on the team, so he wanted to go play linebacker in the Rose Bowl because he just he felt like that's his mentality. Uh, did that, uh, and I thought he brought a level of um, an edge to that whole bowl practice because he was there. And then um, you know he had to embrace doing that same thing on the offensive side. Because on defense, you just feel like you can be a little bit more of you know your inner self over there. Uh, but he then took that approach to offense, and now you're seeing what he can do. He was a very good basketball player in high school, very good athlete, tough. Um, and now all the, the time he put in is now paying off, and you're seeing the best version of Cade. And it's – it's um, yeah, do, do, do I know he would be like this? No, but I didn't have any expectations either. But I knew what he could be, and yeah, he's, he's a special player. Thanks, guys. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, you you can feel it. I mean, I know when I'm calling plays or, you know, communicating downstairs, you feel like that rush and then a dropout, you know. And um, it's just like I always talk about. It's just habits, you know. They just – they they have to remember that defense is right now proposition. You got to go out and stop them. It doesn't matter what happened to play before. But – it is something that, you know, you have all your coaches kind of in their ear trying to get them to um, re-energize. And I think it's just human nature that it's hard to do. Start right behind him, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. We saw Tyleek play a bigger role in this past week's game. What do you maybe see from him <clears throat> leading up to that game that enabled him to have his biggest game? He's, he's got really uh, freakish athletic ability for his size. So, um, with Tyleek, it's been just about developing consistency in practice, um, you know, so that he earns those reps and those opportunities. He's been doing that more and more in practice, and I always knew he had the ability. Second row right, Bill Landis, Bibles. 
in um, we talked before about I guess your your tolerance or how many big plays you want to give up in the game. And I, I can't recall you up against Penn State. Too many. Well, what I'm wondering is when you have the takeaways you had and your defense scores in your mind, do those things cancel each other out? Like if you have seven big plays, does it get knocked down the floor if you have four big ones? No, no. Um, they still all count and they still all need to be dealt with. Um, we we had a few too many against Penn State and 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 we've dealt with them. Um, it's, it's, it's never okay, but I guess you can build the positive out of it when it happens and you're doing a lot of good other things and you win the game, you can take it and, uh, you know, show why it happened and, and, and how we can fix it, but it doesn't, uh, even it out, you know, that would be like, you know, I always thought, well, if, if the defense scores a touchdown, Really, shouldn't it come off the offense's score? You know what I mean? So it would be like, you know, if it was four, you know, if if we were up 14 nothing and we got a touchdown, shouldn't it be 14 to minus seven? You know what I mean? Like he always, the defense always gets a, you get the short end of that stick, but there is no balance and that's, that's defense. Once you start thinking like that, that's a, that's a, the wrong mentality in my book. You got to win every play. We talk a lot about the corners, but just the safeties, the way they clog things up in the middle and close passing lanes pretty quickly, mixed with the linebackers. And how would you evaluate how they've done in that particular part? You know, for first year, new system, I think they've they've done a work, you know, in terms of doing the things that you're talking about, um, defending the middle of the field, sitting on routes, you know, having that confidence to, you know, you got to, you have to like sit on a cliff there, you know, and not back up because there's too much space. Once you do, um, you know, you got could get bodied out, you know, good players will make plays on you if you back up. So I, I think they've really taken to it and they, and, and, uh, they hold their ground pretty well in the middle. Well, how does that then, I mean, in the middle, closing passing, passing has helped the defense line. But I imagine quarterback season, you have to hesitate. Um, and get yep. It's all part of the disguise, all part of making the quarterback hold the ball for that extra sec- second. It's coverage and rush working together. We talk about it all the time. The, the plays that you're talking about, we pull up, we show the example, we, we show the quarterback – you know, clutching it for a second, and then our rush gets there. I think it's really the key to pass defense. Jim, just how unique is it to see a defensive end the size of JT break on the ball? Very unique. You know, you remember, I'm a guy that's worked my my way up. You know, so um, being around uh, someone. Like JT with those kind of skills, it's, um, you know, I've been around a guy or two in the past who has some of those unique athletic traits, but not at that size, you know, and we saw it in practice. We actually saw him do it a couple times in practice. So I don't think any of us were surprised, but it's good to see him uh, get those plays and then get the acknowledgement, you know, that he deserves. Um it's it's not easy, you know. He's he's a guy who's a big time prospect, and then 
you know, a lot of pressure from all different areas that he should be, he should have this, he should have that, this many sacks. And, and, you know, his, he's been able to keep his head on straight and his family's been great and supportive and we've been supportive. So, because we knew it was there, you know, it's just a matter of time. So it's good to see him get that recognition. You trusting the defensive end to drop that kind of coverage? Is there a certain level that you have to see from those guys to be able to trust them to do that in your coverage? Yeah, you put it in as part of the system because it is something that um, I like to have, you know, as a changeup because it's, it changes the entire structure for a quarterback. Then I think what you're talking about is how much you call it is based on how well the guys do, you know, how you match that with your personnel. And, um, it was it was a nice thing to see. We we actually called it a few times and and um, you know made the quarterback hold the ball or got the interception. Is that the best uh, performance by a DN you've ever seen? How do you describe what he did Saturday? Yes, it is the best. Um, it's it's not des- describable, I guess, in just dominating every phase of the game, you know, playing like a linebacker in terms of his ball skills and then um, the rush and the strip and the, you know, the the eye-hand coordination. I mean, that is something that is different and you just don't see it and and he's a guy who has it. I'm from the right, Austin Moore. Jim, I'm sure there's an element of maybe easing or building the workload up for Jordan Hancock in the last couple of weeks. Um, from what you've seen as he's got back maybe to closer to full health, what tells you he might be able to do more for you down the stretch? Yeah, the film, I mean, and, and you're right, it is a, it is a process. Um, you know, I think it's – I haven't been a baseball coach, but it is like a pitcher. You know, that's why they call it a pitch count, I guess, because, you know, um, a guy can taper off as the game goes on if he hasn't built up that that stamina. So, you know, we're gradually increasing him and, and looking for more reps from him this week. I'm not trying to sit in and ask, ask, ask question, make it a feel-good question kind of thing, but I want to ask you this. When, when you have two players who end up on a guy and he makes the catch and he throws away from both of them, the, the call there looks – pretty sound about, you know, not letting this guy get out of the gate, but he went anyway. And then, of course, Tommy, you know, the guy runs through his tackle attempt in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was on that fourth and goal play. So he was in – so where, where do you go from there to, you know what I mean, to make sure they make the play the next time? Yeah, you, you know, you know, no, you really break – yeah, you break – you, 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 you do break it down in detail. Um you know, in terms of vicing the ball, it's you know, when we, we had the two guys there and, um, you know, I call it owning your hip. Like it's okay. If you're outside and you miss, make sure he goes inside. If you're inside and you miss, make sure he goes outside. And that is, um, not something you just like, you don't come back that week and say, you know, Oh, we need to start working on vice tackle because we actually call that a drill vice tackle. You know, I mean, it is, it is something, it is a defensive fundamental. Now when it, and we've had plenty of good ones, but when it goes wrong, you can say, okay, guys, here's vice tackle. This is why we do that drill. And then with um, Tommy, yeah, those plays, right. I mean, there's a, a 
roll tackle, you know, like a single leg takedown. And um, those are more difficult to do in um, when they happen quick like that, like right on the snap. You know, you see, you saw him do it plenty of times on the perimeter, like when you have more time to run where you can go in there and roll and roll the tackle. But when it happens that fast, that's what he needed to do, and he knows that, you know, because if you go – if you're up too high, you could slide off. You know, you got to be able to go low and roll, but it's just difficult to get in that position. So those are drills that we do all the time, and and uh, we show the good examples along with the ones that didn't go quite as well so that the guys are more motivated to keep doing the drill. Because those were two of the four touchdowns. You know, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you have them dead to rights, but, not, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that's – we. Uh, that just means – we shouldn't stop practicing. <laughs> right. Right in the start, Joey Poppin comes this back. In the, the first interception that JV had, you were able to drop the coverage and jump the route. To have that athleticism, how much does that enhancement you can do is play taller to give you more options in the toolbox when you have a player who has sort of a multi Yeah, it's, it, it does, and it, it allows you to disguise better, too, because here's a guy – Here's a guy who could rush and be a threat, and everybody knows how uh, how good of a rusher he is. And now he's now he's a guy who can drop into coverage and actually make plays. I mean, I think people drop D linemen a lot, but you know they don't make a lot of plays. You do it maybe just to cloud up a window or give the quarterback a different look. But you know we've got guys who can actually make plays, and he showed that. You've been a few second degrees away from. He's clearly now probably the guy. Um, you talked about how he just kind of is so instinctive. Um, what about his personality in terms of just coming back from the injury and, and just playing as recklessly as he does, given you know that he had that, that kind of injury? Yeah, I think he's he is one of those guys that, um, at least I've never seen, never shows fear never shows frustration or fatigue. You know, he's just one of those guys. And I'm sure, you know, when he was a kid, he was one of those kids who just kind of threw his body around, you know, his parents could, I mean, some guys just have that ability to, um, you know, run through a wall and not be phased by it. And he's, he's one of those guys. Far left, Nathan Barrett, please. He says, I need a little bit someone to Joe just ask you, but like, You've been talking so much about you implementing your system. Does your system account for game records like what JT just did, what Zach was doing the week before? Is that sort of in a separate folder that you've been waiting to use? Like, how, because you're talking about like this is maybe your first experience with players to that level. So, how do you now fold that into what you've already been doing? Yeah, to me, it's. Uh, uh, part of the system that gets accentuated and planned for more is when you have those kind of players who can do it one-on-one, you know what I mean? So, so I think it allows you to do other things in the back end when, when you're not, um, you know, trying to create something uh, yourself with a call as much as you're, you, you know, you do other things, double somewhere, play a different coverage, do other things, when you know that there's guys who can just win one on one, you know it gives you more versatility. Uh, second row left. We've got time for just a couple more folks. I see Bell Lane, twenty four seven Sports. Yeah, Coach. I want to ask you about uh, competitive stamina. Something Coach Dave preaches quite a bit. 
about nine minutes to go in the game. You guys are ahead by two. They've got the ball with a chance to go down and regain the lead. But JT makes that play. Uh, he made another play, the interception later on. I just the way you guys were able to play the full four quarters, you gave up some big plays along the way, but they had the stamina to stay with it and finish the game in state blank, and, and you guys won the game. Yeah, I mean, goes back to you said it, what coach has instilled here and Mick and his staff in the weight room. You know, I think we benefit from that as uh, assistant coaches because you're handed these guys who are trained to precision and trained with that mindset. So now it is like, it is our job. Um, we did give up some explosive plays, you know, and like I've talked to them about that. And what you do is you review those and, and um, I take responsibility, you know, and then the guys get to see that. So what happens is they're built with this competitive stamina and when things go wrong, as long as we as coaches don't lose our mind, you know, because I've been you've been around, I've been around that before, where you know coaches blow a gasket when things go wrong. Well, you know that's leadership. I mean, our job as as coaches is as leaders is to be steady, you know, to um, and they see that and the players see that and they model that because they've already been trained that way. And I think you get the result that we all hope for. Jim, what is the uh, what's going on in the headset up in the press box here in the coach's box when you're seeing JT do all these things at all these crazy moments? What's what's your reaction? What's the reaction of everything going on in the headset? Um, you know, it's it's really pretty quiet because I mean everybody puts their you know when you put your um, microphone up. So, you know, because when you're when you're a play caller, you really you really need that quiet um, so you don't he hear the field, you know, so it, it's it's really pretty quiet. I'm sure they're all down there celebrating and, 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 and going crazy and that's what they should do. do. Um, you know, I enjoy it for about three seconds and then I have to start thinking about, OK, we got to get back on the field and what, you know the chess match and what's what the next play is going to be. So the players and the coaches on the field get to enjoy it, but um, upstairs it's on to the next play. And final questions. Speaking of the competitive stamina and all that, does that make the final drive of the day that much more irritating and frustrating for you? And the game is for all intents and purposes over, but then the defense sort of, Exhaled and left, and they they score pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of times you're as coaches, you are. Um, it's a fight between you and uh, human nature. You know what I mean? That's it, that that happens, um, and that is my job is to train them to perform on every series no matter what the what the circumstance. So, yeah, it's frustrating. It's also a teaching moment, you know. Um, I don't ever like doing that, no matter what the score is, no matter who's in the game. Um, but like I said, that just shows me, let's not cancel practice. Let's keep practicing. Coach, thank you very much. Thanks, guys.
Dave? Two freshman wide receivers. Um, just how are they coming along? If, if one or two of those guys need to step up in a big game, uh, how confident are you? They're uh, doing well. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I think as of late, they're beginning more and more momentum. Uh, they need to step up. Yeah, I think I, their continual growth. I think the biggest thing with those guys is just uh, really seeing the guys around them that they're surrounded by and uh, continue to buy in and continue to improve. That's definitely happening. I think a couple guys are uh, really starting to kind of come out of that that group, in my opinion. Uh, so that being said, there's a lot of football left, and what they do over the next you know two months will be critical for them going into the next spring. And uh, I have a, a pretty good feel of where they're at and, and where they're going. Uh, I think they're starting to – you know, sharpen their teeth a little bit on special teams, and that's been important, uh, always has been here. Uh, so for them to continue to do that, I think that'll be uh, uh, a good uh, starting point for them. Are you, you always knew there was going to be a development process with Julian and did a bunch of setbacks along the way. How close is he to what you think he can become and how far has he already been? Yeah, Julian uh, he's done a great job, as you guys have seen. So, you know, I think that he's got to continue to progress. I think, you know, one thing he'd probably say is uh, he's gotten so much better, but the difference between getting better in the practice field and then taking that to the game and applying it to the game and then uh, the amount of reps you get on game day, just that, that body of work builds. And so, you know, once you get to a point where you can you can do it, then the conversation becomes how often. And I think that he's continuing to grow in that in that facet. I think he's doing a phenomenal job. You guys all see it. Uh, but the more and more opportunities he gets, the more and more plays he, uh, he makes, the more momentum he's going to continue to build. And uh, he's only scratching the surface. Uh, what he's capable of, I'm not even sure I know what he's capable of because he's, he's, he's so athletic. He works so hard. Uh, you know, and There's really not much he can't do. He's got to continue to stay healthy. He's doing a great job with that. Uh, but I think uh, the sky's the limit for him. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, you don't coach this guy on a day-to-day basis, but you help coordinate the, the plays, uh, design the, uh, the passing scheme, et cetera. How much of a surprise or, or just whatever you want to call it, Cade Stover's rise this year from in June when you're thinking about, you know, can this guy even be that, you know, game-breaker kind of tight end? What you what we saw on Saturday, for example, another great example, of catching the ball. And yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you pointed that out. I think Cade's doing a phenomenal job. I mean, where he was last spring to where he is now, uh, that whole tight end room, frankly, is taking a huge step, not just Cade. So, uh, but what he's brought to our offense, you know, has been so critical. You know, I'm not so sure. Uh, again, not that the whole room's taking a step, but, you know, Cade's been a huge part of that. And we probably wouldn't be where we are right now if it wasn't for Cade and how much he's grown and, and uh, a lot of credit to that, you know, that room and Coach Wilson. And so, uh, yeah, he's done, he's developed into a great player. I think he'll tell you he's still got a lot of ways, you know, a long ways to go. But um, some big plays on Saturday. He's made play, big plays all year, and uh, he's got to continue to, you know, you know, ascend uh, if we want to get to where we want to get to. Hey, Brent, how much uh, attention have you been able to pay to uh, Sam Wiggles, a big season for Ohio, and how proud uh, are you a guy like that who obviously did it. Yeah, Wiggy's killing it. And uh, I don't know if he's still like tied for the, the Mac t- uh, touchdowns. I think he was. But uh, I-, I wouldn't say we're, we're too shocked here. I mean, I, you know, we gave him, you know, raving reviews when uh, he was trying to figure out his next steps and what we could get done here. And 
unfortunately it didn't work out here and but we always knew what he was and what he was capable of and uh you know i'm just glad he's having a blast obviously we talk probably you know every couple weeks or so but social media gives you that platform where you feel like you talk like every day but uh no he's killing it uh love you know we all love sammy we all follow each other his family's great so can't be more happy for him uh what stood out? I mean, probably, you know, I can give you all the uh, normal responses if you want, but the you know, lunch pail guy, you know, deceptively fast, you know. Uh, no, you know, I think that uh, he was a good route runner. You know, he really was. He was very consistent, always did his job. Uh, and that's the thing what's, what's amazing about football is, you know, it's a team sport. And, the, and when, you meet, when you say that, like, you don't always need extraordinary, you know, ability to be a, a huge part of an offense. And I think those that are the most consistent and those that, uh, cons- you know, just do their job consistently over time uh, uh, with great efficiency end up being great players. And I think, uh, you know, Sam embodied that. And, uh, you know, when he left, uh, we definitely felt his loss, but it's, it's, we, we reformed from the fall for sure. Uh, I'm going to ask you,
you know, I'd say that, you know, it's a lot of credit to the room and the guys that choose the room and the guys that develop and, and, and push each other and, and the success they're having is you know, carrying the torch that Chris and Garrett then carried from the guys before them. So uh, not to shrug it off or, or not highlight it, but uh, you know, that's kind of the expectation and standard we've, you know, we've developed, they've developed, and uh, they're just trying to carry the torch. Uh, I would say, uh, no, you love it all. I mean, you're always finding ways to improve, and believe it or not, there's a lot of ways to improve. Uh, but, you know, to say you don't like it, I mean, that's that's not really the take I would, I would have. I was just things we have to improve on. And then, like we said with Julian, you know, it's you've done it now. Now how often? And, and, when, and when the big moments come, are you going to do it then? And so we're always not tricking ourselves but convincing ourselves um, that's that moment right now, and we're trying to replicate that in practice. No, believe it or not, I, I slight cramp, but no, I, I was good. How is Jackson Not just physically, mentally. I know how much he wants to be. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's beating himself up a little bit. He, he's he's been better this week. I'll say that. I think I would uh, could echo what he's saying on you know if he was here standing in front. He wants to play it in the worst way, and he's frustrated. Uh, that being said, he's done a great job not being a distraction and. And picking the guys up and staying locked in and FaceTiming before the game on Saturday, like all those things, uh, have been awesome. And uh, but I know as a competitor, he's frustrated and he wants to get back. Uh, but I think overall, you know, he's still okay. What confidence will be back by the Uh, huge level of confidence. Right. Uh, a couple of the conversions that Martin had on those sides of the plate. How much work goes into a quarterback and receiver being able to trust each other on those kind of plays, especially you know, it's, you're trying to get a fourth and seven, or you're trying to get a third and coming to a fourth. I think uh, trust is just a body of work. It's not necessarily you know this particular route. I mean, they spend a lot of time doing things, but I guess you know my point of view would just be the overall trust, and then to be able to. Communicate that on the sideline, you know, lock eyes, understand you're good, yeah, I'm good, and you, and you execute. And I think that uh, uh, they've done a great job with that. I mean, they're, they're pros, pros. And, you know, that's some, that's, sometimes that's just things you you can teach it, but, you know, it's just earned, and, and not only earned from themselves, but us. I mean, it's just everything. There's so much that goes into that. But that being said, that's, that's a great – those are some great plays by two great players, and, uh, and, and having that is probably important to uh, – Getting to where we want to get to. Letterman Row. Letterman Row. Thank you. Ryan, you played in the NFL for a long time. You played here, Jim, the guy who played for the Colts in the NFL. You watch Marv work the way he does in his abilities. Do you see that level of work ethic and approach that it takes to get to that level? Because it seems like to us, we keep asking about his work ethic, and it seems very professional, but you were the one who actually did it. Do you see that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just call it what it is. It's it's beyond professional. I mean, there's a lot of professionals that never worked like him. Uh, and frankly, there's a lot of guys in our room that works better than pros do. I mean, that's just is what it is. But you know, I think that um, the goal isn't always just getting there. It's staying there and playing for a long time. And everything these guys embody are giving themselves the best chance. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, there's levels to goals, and I think our guys um, across the board have different levels to goals than we even talk about. I mean, the NFL, 
you know, is, is awesome and all, but they're, they're first focused on their team. They're first focused on making the play when it shows up. Then they're, you know, then it's maybe it's the NFL and then it's lasting in the NFL for a long time. So the pro, the pro comparison is good, but these guys have overachieved that from a work ethic standpoint. So um, that's, in my mind, nominal. Chris, you know, guys to watch for a long time. Now you go tomorrow for these young guys to watch. I know that you put in the work to, to help these guys get better, but to have a guy like Chris and transition to the team like Marvin for the younger players to watch for how advantageous is it for you? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, for a coach to just be able to, you know, point to his peer and, uh, and it's, it's, some, it's one thing to talk about things sometimes, whether it be you know, technically or, you know, culturally, but to be able to directly show it in person is, is nothing like anything else. So, like I said, whether it's running a route or whether it's how you handle your business, uh, there's lots of examples, great examples throughout this building. And uh, we're blessed with that. I think that probably the, the skill for a coach is just identifying that and then, you know, correctly communicating that to the other individual. But it's, it's all through this building. Brian, I Definitely by the person, uh, but you know, and it's not just here. I would say it's probably everywhere. I think that the the expectations have continually been sped up. Uh, you know, how would Terry McLaurin have fit into that expectation this day and age? I don't even know. Or Paris Campbell, or guys that were are very vastly successful now, but maybe weren't by some standards, especially in this room right now, of, of where they're supposed to be by their end of their freshman year. <laughs> like, oh, we're not seeing the freshman playing. Is that fr-? like what? They like I literally see you guys write that. So that, that's mind blowing to me. So uh, you know, I would say it's definitely by a person. Like we talk all the time, right? There's there's goals and there's paths, and everyone shares goals and probably never shares paths. So Curtis Samuel's path is not Terry McLaurin's, but they were roommates. But I think that, you know, uh, uh, it is indicative of the individual. I think, you know, Gene Ballard's doing a great job, but on his own path, you know, then maybe a Mech and Marv that were in the same class. JB is on, doing a great job. And so is Marvin Mech, but just different. And not right, not wrong. But I think uh, uh, to answer your question more decisively, probably – you know, you see that it turned the corner probably in their second year, you know, more more consistently towards the end of their freshman year. You kind of see it whether it shows up on Saturday or not. You don't you don't know. Uh, but I would say into the second year, your second spring, you kind of see some plays being made and things happening, and you're like, okay, you know, we're on, we're, we have a we have a good uh, future. So that's that's actually the opposite. You know, Chris was not vocal. Uh, good, good, good show of example for sure. I mean, uh, but Julian's been very vocal and he's do- killing it. And I think uh, you know, Mech's grown in that department. Definitely not Marvin's cup of tea, but uh, you know, they all do in their own way. And I think again, there's examples everywhere, and it's just up to the uh, the coaches and the peers and to see the examples and again communicate them effectively to who needs it. And uh, because we're surrounded by it, uh, all of those buildings. Brian, obviously with Jackson out, 
um, they're kind of amplifying short you so you guys get to really get back healthy. Um, how have you seen him grow since he got back um, and that's a little too again? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's a combination of, of continual confidence, uh, reaffirming what he knows he's capable of. I mean, everyone always thinks as an athlete you're capable of something until you're able to do it. And uh, when those mesh, that's when you kind of see the trajectory kind of start to take off. So um, that's helped him. Uh, you know, I think being able to just operate healthy, I mean, that's, you know, I'm sure you guys like play some golf, like go out there and swing a club when your back's sore. You know, like these guys out here playing football, you know, against some of the best players in the country and we expect them, you know, to feel great and play great, but you know, things hurt. So, you know, he's doing a great job with that, uh, making huge plays, you know, maximizing opportunities. I don't know if anyone's done it better, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, the, again, the, the future is bright and we kind of, everyone in this room kind of sees that and uh, he's been a huge part of what we've done so far this year. The, the, the receivers here, none of them will drop very many passes, and sure, that's very fundamental for a receiver, but I think the stats show that maybe they've dropped five all year, which is, again, really low. What are the factors that go into that? How much does that emphasize? How much does that Is that just native ability? Just curious what kind of leads to that. I think it, uh, it's a lot of credit to the way we practice, um, and not just as receivers, but as a team, you know, we have such a heightened importance on each snap. Uh, it best reflects a game. And I think that um, it's not always the ability on Saturday to make plays. It's just being able to train in that environment so that when you're in there on Saturday, it feels the same as practice, right? I mean, that's that's the age-old trick, um, making every rep so important that if I can convince myself, like, this is the rep that wins the game, you know, how would my approach be to that rep? Well, if you have that approach in the game, good outcome, right? So it's just that constant mental, you know, uh, exercise. Uh, I think we do a good job of it. I think the coaches do a good job of it. I think the players do a great job of it. So when they're getting reps in practice, there really are game reps. And we say that a lot. There's mental reps, there's physical, you know, there's game reps. Um, I think we do a really good job of doing that. And, uh, and plus, I mean, as receivers, they've, uh, they've done a great job you know, spending extra time. I mean, you guys would be shocked. And who was probably, you know, you wouldn't be shocked, but like, like, hey, where's the light key after, you know, the game at Penn State because we had a drop. He's out here catching balls for two hours. Like, those are the kind of things these guys are doing that you guys don't see. Um, it just speaks to how they operate and the, the uh, level they hold themselves to. Yeah, the lights have to get turned on with a key where you can't see in the indoor. So, so Brett, guys, I'm, like, I'm getting texts. I'm sitting on my fire pit. Like, hey, where's the key at? I'm like, what do you mean the key at? Go home. You know, and they're, you know. So we're catching jugs. I can ask you one quick. Uh, you've been around a lot of quarterbacks in your playing career, and even at Ohio State since you've been back and stuff. CJ is he? I don't know. Where would you? I'm not break these guys, but describe his calmness or whatever you want to call it when the games have been on the line in these second halves of games. Yep. Utah, Notre Dame. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, even I. I mean, it, what stands out about that from your vantage? Yeah, his his calm definitely provides a lot of confidence that you're kind of alluding to. And I, it's definitely been a growth spot from where he was when he first started, which you know anyone would, but he has. You know, some guys just don't. He has, and uh, the guys feel it. He keeps it calm. Uh, lots of confidence coming from him. You know, I would say that. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that's I'm not the quarterback coach, and but but it, you can just feel that maturity and growth on the sideline that I know everyone feels. You know, lose to more from the O line. Hey, don't you're good. And to the receivers, I mean. 
um, that's been pretty critical and very palpable when you're on the sideline as a, as a coach and as a player. So what you're hitting on is uh, is definitely pretty special from uh, CJ's growth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, when, when your number's called, you make the play and keeps making the play. So it's good. Thanks, guys.